So okay. I'm Maya Shaposhnik-Kodena. I'm the CEO of Vetted Pet Health. And you can find our website at getvetted.io. You spent some time in an emergency room for pets in Chicago, I guess it was, right? And what did, what did you see right. there? I've always been very passionate about pets, about pet health. I grew up with seven pugs in my house. (laughs) So yeah, in in high school, we were called the snorting factory, just for some, you know, visual context. (laughs) And when I got my own dog, I got a French bulldog. I was constantly going into the ER for different health issues that he was having. So I really thought about the prevention side of medicine. And I thought, what better way could I learn what could have been prevented by going and sitting in ERs and just watching what people were coming in for? So I reached out to one of my mentors. His name is Dr. David Bessler. He's a veterinarian, and he's the CEO and co-founder of the Veterinary Emergency Group. They're a chain of ER hospitals throughout the country. And he was very open. He said, go to my clinics, go to my hospitals, sit inside and just watch overnight what people were coming in for. So during COVID, I did that for a couple of months in Chicago, and I really started to see the pain points loud and clear. And because this ER group is is all about transparency, all the tables are in an open space. There's no walls between them. So the, the doctors would just point table by table and say, preventable, preventable, preventable. And that's when I thought, and I I remember speaking to one of the doctors in the hospital, and I asked her, how can we break this vicious cycle? Because pet parents are paying at least $1,000 just to come into the ER, Mm. and most of them aren't insured. And the veterinarians are slammed. Like, they don't have breaks. They're seeing 20, 30, 40 patients a day sometimes, and the burnout is so high. That's when she told me, if only we could, as veterinarians, have the bandwidth to teach people what they need to do at home in between the vet visit, we could prevent so many of these issues. And that's when Vetted was born. We could say this also about humans. There are so many, even many argue that cancers are preventable if you took care of yourself. So I'm not surprised that uh, this is the, the case with pets. Absolutely. And I, I would say that's half our battle in the, you know, because we're the first in the market to focus on preventative health for pets. Mm-hmm. And so we have really been saying, look, if we look at the human space and we see how important prevention is, just think about it for our cats and dogs that live only 10 to 20 years. The return on preventative medicine on cats and dogs is immediate because their, their diseases progress so quickly. They age so much faster than us. So we can really, really have more control over their health through a preventative method. Well, I was reading about some purebreds used to live... 15 years, 17 years, and now, especially uh, uh, I was reading about golden retrievers, which I had a golden retriever who died of cancer at age eight. I was talking to the vet about it, and he said, you see that a lot now, that it, it wasn't yeah. just my dog, that you see it a lot now, and, and you have to ask why. I definitely, I definitely think that between purebreds like French bulldogs, I have a Frenchie, Mm-hmm. and goldens and and those other dogs there are very specific things that can come up yeah. that we should be paying attention for early like yeah. an early detection system 
where we understand, you know, I, I know this firsthand because my sister, she served in the military in the canine unit, and she was able to take her working dogs back home with her. He was a Belgian Shepherd Malinois, such a beautiful royal oh, dog, yes. so loyal to her. And he ended up also dying from cancer that's very common for Belgian Shepherds. And he died really young, but the veterinarian also told my sister, look, with this specific breed, we know that they're getting cancer. The probability is high between these ages. And that's why doing preventative blood work early is such an important detection tool. So at Vetted, we really focus on that. What can we do for your specific pet to get ahead of the curve so that we can prevent as many issues as possible and live long, healthy, and beautiful lives with our pets? What about pet diet? What are you feeding your Frenchie? And and uh, what would we do well to pay attention to when it comes to nutrition? So you definitely asked the most controversial question. <laughs> I know. <laughs> There's really a massive debate right now between raw food diets, fresh food diets, kibble diets, premium kibble diets. Yes. And they all really argue with one another about what is the best for the pet, what is the best today, and what is the best in the long term. So Mm. we definitely have vetted. We're open to it. We do not put anyone down if they're doing a raw food diet, (laughs) but we definitely share with them. We do. We get this question all the time. You know, I literally on social media a couple weeks ago, we got a question. Do you shame? (laughs) Do you shame raw food feeders? I thought that word was very interesting word choice. And so many people liked her comments. And I realized that they must feel so alone, right? Because from the pet parent standpoint, they're feeding their dog raw diets and they're seeing tremendous success you know, on the day-to-day, but when they go to the veterinarian, because the studies have shown that, you know, a lot of raw food diets are dangerous, especially if the quality is not considered tip-top because it's raw, right? So they must feel so lonely. So we took a different approach, which is our veterinarians know that there are a lot of new things coming out and people are experiencing those things. And to share with people what they're finding on the clinical side but not to do it from an angle of shame on you. This isn't good. You should switch. There's not enough data to prove this to say, look, if you're feeding your pet raw right now, clinical studies haven't shown the best information and the best results on raw food. But if you do decide to do it because you're seeing an excellent improvement in the skin and coat of your pet, in their allergy management, in their breath and all these other things, fantastic. This is what you should be looking out for. By raw, what do you mean? Raw meat or raw, just raw? raw. Go ahead. Yeah, raw meat. So there's Mm. a whole, there's, it's like the next kind of big part of the food sector in pet health, which is this belief that dogs primarily should be eating raw, raw meat. Yeah. So they will buy like, you know, lean beef at the supermarket, ground beef, and then mix it with vegetables and some grains potentially, and then feed that to their pets. Is that what Katherine Heigl is uh, promoting? Interesting. Yeah, I, I definitely know the actress and I know mm-hmm. that I, I can't remember exactly which angle she's coming yeah, at, if yeah. it's from the fresh food or the raw food, but it's it's a large and thriving industry. These are really, in our mind, these are really positive conversations to say, okay, you know, maybe let's try something new and see if there's a better impact on our pet health. And so we share what the studies show, 
but we never shame the pet parent if they do decide at the end of the day that they want to go with, you know, a fresh food, a raw food, a premium kibble diet. We just share the information of the pros and cons. What about kibble? Um, you hear that sometimes by firing whatever <laughs> it is that makes kibble, uh, by firing that up, you're perhaps feeding harmful uh, substances to your pet. You know, I think it's something that needs to be studied more. I think that, you know, there's a lot of pressure in the food industry right now to really be transparent about what is in that, you know, brown yeah. circle-shaped piece of food that can last months on a shelf. <laughs> so I definitely think that there's a lot of conversations being had. Our veterinarians, they do look at the studies. They're looking at how pets, are they being managed well in weight, for example, um, because weight management in pet health is so crucial and it can lead, it's exactly like humans. It just, like I said, is accelerated. Sure. So it can lead to heart disease. It leads to hip dysplasia. It leads to diabetes. Then they need insulin injections, mm. you know, sometimes oh. daily. Oh. Yeah. And it's extremely expensive. And if you're not insured at the right time, you're not going to get coverage over it. So they're, you know, they're looking at the holistic side of pet health. Is it helping with weight management? Are pets getting the nutrients that they need? Are they getting the right calorie intake? If a pet has a specific issue, there's so many of these kibble diets that literally have been formulated to, to fight off specific issues like urinary issues, mm -hmm. for example. Mm -hmm. So... You know, we definitely see the positive side of kibble, but we are always looking at the studies and making sure that we're aware of what some of the negative sides could be. Yeah. What about something like Fresh Pet and uh, there are competitors with Fresh Pet? Yeah, we have a lot of our users use the fresh food, a lot use raw food, and a lot yeah, use yeah. kibble, whether it's premium or not. Mm -hmm. So we've been able to really bring in, you know, the general community of pet parents and not specifically focus on the raw food versus the fresh food. There are, you know, a lot of these fresh food diets are formulated by veterinarians, yeah. by dietary nutritionists. Um, so it's really about a lifestyle, you know. If you, I travel, for example, a lot for work. My French bulldog comes with me almost everywhere I go. So it's really hard for me to manage a fresh food diet or a raw food diet because I can't travel with, with that right, food. Right, right. Um, so I've, you know, I lean more towards the kibble side, more towards the premium kibble offerings that are in the market. Um, but it's really about a lifestyle and trying things out for your pet and consulting with a team of professionals, you know, doing yeah. it on your own and not, and just relying on Google or relying on Facebook or Reddit is just so difficult because one post leads to 250 oh, messages yeah. yes. and nobody is a professional who can really guide you and say, well, let me look at your specific pet. Let me see what is his age? What is his weight? What are some of the breed specific issues your pet could be facing? And then let's come up with a diet that works. And now let's track that diet for the next three to six months to see if there are specific results. And then we'll take it from there. So vetted can do that for you through the app, through the membership where you really have 24 seven um, concierge team of veterinary professionals at your fingertips guiding you through the day to day of pet parenthood. Can you say the same thing about uh, cat nutrition? 
I am a big cat lover. Um, I became a cat lover actually through my co-founder, who is a passionate cat mom. And I was spending so much time with her and her cat that I just realized like, wow, you know, these beautiful creatures don't get enough credit and don't ever get the spotlight when dogs are being spoken about. Yes, yes. So, yeah, so we are definitely really passionate about our cat parents. We have a very strong cat parent base. I would actually argue that cat health is so, is potentially, I don't want to say more important, but is because it's not looked upon at the same way as dog health, and because cats have an incredible tolerance to pain, they mask a lot of their illnesses. And by the time you start to see some issues arising, it's usually pretty late oh. down the disease line. So I would argue that preventative health for cats should be hyper-focused on by the, by the cat parents because that you're, you're – you're basically preventing a grave situation from occurring. Whereas with dogs, you see the issue a lot earlier on. And so you can, even if you're going to the ER, it could potentially, you can have a quick turnaround. Where with, with cats, unfortunately, once you notice things, it's down the disease progression uh, uh, spectrum. Yeah, I never thought that I would be a cat person because I was a dog person forever. And then there is somebody, or uh, I don't know how she got there, we found um, Moody, our little kitty, in the yeah in the bush in front of our house, and we live in the country. Uh, so I don't uh, know how she got there. Uh, I guess maybe Mama had had her in one of the fields nearby, and she wandered over, or maybe somebody dropped her off. <laughs> she was living in the bush for weeks, and uh, wow. she would start coming around, and uh, then we noticed that there was a gash on her neck, and oh, no. uh, it's either let her die, which of course we weren't going to do, or we adopted a cat. <laughs> so we, we took her to uh, the vet and uh, he was able to treat the gash successfully. And now we have a kitty. <laughs> Beautiful. And I can't imagine uh, life without her now. It's, it's crazy how uh, I adapted. I mean, she's like my, my little kitty, really. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's, what I found actually was because I was getting so involved in the veterinary space when I was sitting in those ERs overnight, I started to make a lot of friends that were veterinarians. Mm -hmm. So I had this group chat and through the group chat, I was asking questions and I could see the power of a team of veterinary professionals that have different specialties, that have studied different things, that also have different approaches. You know, some doctors do integrative medicine which is a different side of the medical spectrum. They do acupuncture, for example, and Cairo for pets. And I no was kidding. Thinking, that's that's fascinating. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So we definitely have doctors on our staff, on our team, that are that are doing integrative medicine as well as you know the more you know common veterinary medicine that we all know. And so they all chat together on the app and come up with a plan specifically for your pet. How do they keep pets still for acupuncture? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> I mean, so actually, you know, definitely if your pet has a lot of anxiety, this would actually fall into our five pillars of health. I know you asked me, you know, earlier what kind of prevention mm -hmm. we would recommend. So in vetted, there's five pillars of preventative health that we are hyper-focused on. 
And our veterinarians came up with these five pillars because they were thinking about it as, okay, what do we, what do we know we could prevent and what could be done at a very high standard of care within the home without a licensed professional? And so those five things are dental care, skin and grooming, digestive care, mental health, and the fifth one is hip and joint care. So when you ask me right now about, you know, how do they keep them still? For me, that's really a question about the mental health of the pet. It's a more of a behavioral question, right? And a lot of times when you go to the vet's office, your pet will have a lot of anxiety because maybe they didn't have a good experience there. And so then they're associating, you Mm -hmm. know, this experience. Mm -hmm. So I've really found that the veterinary industry has really been pushing this fear-free approach in their clinics, which is we are going to do everything in our power to make the experience an excellent experience for the pet so that when they're coming into the clinic, they're feeling like, wow, look how many treats I'm getting and I'm being pet and hugged and all of these excellent, you know, associations so that they don't feel this fear when they come into the vet clinic and then they can easily get the acupuncture, get their vaccine do the blood work, etc. The kitty didn't like going in the uh, carrier at first, but keeping the carrier around and letting her go in and out at will, she's exactly. now cool with the carrier and she's great at the at the vet. I couldn't believe it. But I, I also Incredible. noticed her mirroring the dog. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's so strange, but cute. And wh- what do you say, if I could shift gears here, about feeding pets from the table? Definitely feeding from the table does lead to, to some difficult futuristic sure. things. For example, behavioral issues, right? Mm-hmm. Where now the expectation is that they're being fed from the table. So if you're not feeding them from the table, they could try to jump on and off the table to try to get your attention you know, jumping on the table and potentially hitting the corner of the table with their sure. eye, oh, you know, things sure. like that where behavioral behavioral prevention is key. I can't tell you how many issues I saw in the ER that were behaviorally led. That's why we put the mental health pillar in the in our in our core thesis because you can prevent so many things just from behavioral modification and making sure that your pet's mental state is very clear and healthy. The other thing that feeding from the table obviously would lead to is just that you you can't calculate how many calories you're giving your pet for the day for their food. So that could lead to obesity and being overweight. And as I mentioned earlier, that just has so many issues arise from that specific thing. But if you just ignore them... Uh, they get the picture sooner or later. <laughs> sooner, yeah, actually, we, we can rather support than later. You. We, that's what we're built for. I mean, our professionals, they deal with these questions every day, all day. Um, they deal with it in a clinical setting. They work in vet clinics all over the country. So they can support you and say, listen, you know, let's come up with a behavioral modification plan. Let's try this. Let's try that. And then they'll check in with you and say, hey, how's it going? You know, we just want to see. Have you had any success here? What are some of the issues you're dealing with? Just a couple of days ago, we had a chat where a dog went to the, their veterinarian and they were diagnosed with an ear infection. So, but the dog really hates anything going in their ears, oh, for example. Yeah. So the pet parent reached out to us and said, hey, I'm desperate. Like I, 
I'm, I'm scared that my dog will nip at me because I can't get the stuff in his ear. What are things that I could do? So the team came up with like a plan. We're going to try tier one. Tier one is very high rewarding treats. For example, a lick mat. You know, we're going to yeah. put a lick mat there. We're going to put peanut butter on there. There, you know, let let your dog, his name is Dante, let Dante <laughs> lick the mat. And while he's licking the mat, you guys try to put the medication in his ear and give him a lot of positive, you know, like, good boy, good boy, yes. hug him, kiss him and see if that works. She responded and said, hey, it's not working. Oh. You know, like, wow. I'm trying, but he's not letting me. Yeah. So then she got, you know, this friendly kind of muzzle. And she said, okay, I'm going to try with the muzzle. We said, try with the muzzle, but don't push too much because then he'll associate it even more as something negative. And we want to prevent this. You know, he's a young dog and he might get a few ear infections down down the line. Mm -hmm. So she tried. Again, it didn't work. So we came up with a few plans. And at the end of the day, we told her, listen, we, we think at this point you should consider speaking with your veterinarian about giving him you know, an anti-anxiety medication pill so that you could put it and still be safe applying the medication into his ear. And that strategy was the one that worked. Oh, So she was able to give him, you know, I think she was prescribed with trazodone, which is an anti-anxiety medication. Um, She gave it to her dog. He was very calm. She used the lick mat with the peanut butter and he was distracted and she was able to put it in his ear and start to focus. But we didn't stop there because that's (laughs) only solving a reactive issue. We decided to take it to the next step and we said, well, why is Dante getting those ear infections? Can we prevent the ear Mm -hmm. infection? Exactly. And that's when she said, I think he might have allergies. And we said, absolutely. Ear infections, most of the time, come from an underlying condition like allergies. Wow. So now we've, we've consulted with her veterinarian because we have a strong relationship with your vet clinic. If you put the information in the app, we always reach out to the vet and tell them, hey, just so you know, we're helping this pet and your client at home. Here's what we've been finding within the home. And we were able to come up with a allergy plan for her so that she could now try to get ahead of it with medicated baths, potentially doing cytopoint injections. And there's so many other things you can do to prevent um, allergy flare-ups and prevent those ear infections. Wow, that's great. See Yourself is a premium service. We're really looking to give the highest standard of pet care, and we're modeling it after the best of the human healthcare world. Is it available as a gift? Absolutely. We have a gifting option. And uh, would you give me an idea of how much a membership costs? Yes, it's $24 a month for the membership or 288 for the year. Well, that's not too bad. That's uh, certainly comparable to health insurance for pets, isn't it? Usually pet insurance will be a little bit higher. I mean, yeah. they're covering those emergency and accidents yes, yes. that mm-hmm. are $10,000 plus sometimes in mm-hmm. bills. And our focus is really to do where insurance doesn't really focus on prevention. They focus on the accident and emergency side. Um, One thing that is different about us that is different than an insurance plan is we're not insurance. We're we're on the prevention side, but insurance usually does like you pay per pet. And we actually, our membership is per household. So we would cover, for example, for you, we would cover you, you, we would cover your dog and your cat within the $24 a month plan. Would you give me the uh, website again, if anybody is interested? Yes, it's get vetted. 
V-E-T-T-E-D dot I-O. That's fantastic. Maya, if you would like to uh, mention anything else before we conclude? Yeah, I would love to share a little more about the um, what you actually get in your membership. So mm-hmm. if it's something that you'd like or you'd like to gift, we'd love to have you in the vetted family. Um, the membership is $24 a month. And what you get is the 24-7 access to a team of veterinary professionals. You get unlimited access to our app, which stores all your records for you and educates you and reminds you on preventative health. And you also get waived emergency exam fees at our ER partners nationwide. So if you do have an emergency, you can go in without paying a dollar to see the doctor. And uh, there's a list of those uh, participating ERs? Exactly. We work with the Veterinary Emergency Group. Um, There are about 40 throughout the country. Um, In New York, New Jersey, they have a very strong kind of, they started there. So there are Mm -hmm. many hospitals there you could go to and get the care you need. I wish you the best of luck. Ingenious, an ingenious business idea. Well, thank you so much for, for joining me this morning. 